Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. This thing on? (laughs) Good morning and welcome to the program. It is the Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live. Across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator and around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the internet. Hello. It's morning already. It just, I mean, I just laid my head down and we're here. We're here. (laughs) Oh, wow. What What a morning. What a morning. Good morning and welcome to the program, uh, the final show of this week uh, of the Michael Duke Show. Uh, if you have not been, um, if you've not been listening to the show this week and you were expecting us to uh, be around uh, on tomorrow's show, that is uh, not the case. We are going to be on hiatus tomorrow and Monday. Tomorrow and Monday, uh, we're going to uh, be taking a a bit of a <clears throat> bit of a break, and uh, we will be returning to the airwaves on Tuesday for Brad Keithley and Chris Story, and that final week, that final run up into the uh, into the uh, uh, the primary and the general special general on August the sixteenth, my birthday. Uh, so. <clears throat> What a, what a birthday present. Nobody could ask for that for sure. So uh, welcome uh, to the program today. Uh, we've got, uh, I'm going tr- to try and make it good for you today, no matter what. <laughs> oh man, I slept through like two alarms and uh, and hit the snooze button one too many times this morning. So it was, uh, it was my son's birthday yesterday. So first of all, happy birthday, Timothy. Um but uh, he's got a new job, and he came home super late, so I stayed up to uh, to wish him a happy birthday and to uh, do presents and cake and everything. <clears throat> and this morning is a little slow. Let's just put it, well, a little low. Can you tell? That's that's the good choice right there. Anyway, uh, so good morning, and uh, and welcome to it today on the program. Let me just let me just stop beating around the bush. Today on the program, we've got a couple good guests and some discussions ahead. Uh, this morning, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to, we're going to lighten it up, go a little local. We might do some, uh, we might do some news and some good news, but I do know for sure we're going to be talking with, uh, uh, my friend, Kathy Diamond, who is the brand spanking new executive director for the Yukon Quest sled dog race. And uh, they've got a big, they got a big thing going on this weekend. And I told her, well, I'm going on vacation, so if you want to talk about this, today's the day. And she's going to be joining us this morning in uh, hour one. 
We're going to have a, a conversation with her. I mean, probably a short conversation. I don't imagine it's going to be, I don't imagine it's going to be a long, long conversation. But we will get the full details of uh, what she's got going on and everything that's happening with the Quest uh, for this coming year. Then, um, I don't know, maybe we'll do some more. I got some gun stuff I want to talk about. And so we might do that um, for because, you know, we're not going to be we're not going to be around for tomorrow for Firearms Friday. And I know some of you just break out in hives when we're not available for that. So that's all well and good. And then um, in hour two today, we're going to pick it up with our friend um, uh, with our friend uh, Charlie Pierce, who's going to come in and talk with us about. Um, his candidacy, how things are going, what's happening out on the trail, and his hope for the primary again coming up uh, in uh, coming up here in just uh, just under well just a week from Tuesday, a week from Tuesday. I was going to try and do the math, but it's way too early to do math right now. So that's the uh, so that's the plan, and uh, we're going to that's who we're going to talk about, and that's what we're going to talk about uh, here this morning. So why not? Let's uh, let's keep that going on. So um, I think that's I think that's all the housekeeping. Oh, um, I guess I should mention since uh, somebody explained this to me the other day and they said, you know, I didn't know anything about this until you talked about it just the other day and I've been listening for a long time and you should talk more about it. So let me talk for just a second about the Common Sense Core. Um, the Common Sense Core is our fan club. Um, it's a fan club that financially benefits the show. And what I mean by that is every member of the Common Sense Core uh, goes to Patreon and they basically subscribe to the show for you know, three bucks a month, five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month. There's a bunch of different levels in there. You could choose what you, how, and, and for how long, if you want to do it for a month or two months or a year or whatever, you could do it all at once. And every dollar that's in there goes to help benefit the show, um, in a variety of ways. Uh, most importantly, uh, I, and not to the radio listeners so much, but to those who like to listen to on the internet or who are in an area where the station, uh, or the show does not play on a radio station, they like to hear and watch and listen to the show on the stream, on the Facebook, on the YouTube. Um, and, of course, um, all those dollars have been used over the last few years for me to buy new computer equipment, <clears throat> higher, you know, higher connectivity uh, software, um, but some equipment for being able to broadcast live on the road. Um, I still, I've got a, I've got a, a, one piece of equipment that I want to replace with the latest generation piece of equipment because it's much better. Um, but you know, <clears throat> these are professional, this stuff costs money is what I'm saying. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every time I make an investment, I just updated the software that we used to broadcast. And every time you do it, it's a few hundred bucks here, a few hundred bucks there, a thousand or 2000 here. And it's through the, the patronage of the listenership that we're able to do those things in a more timely fashion. And so <clears throat> if you'd like to find out more about becoming a member of the Common Sense Corps and, uh, you know, a cup of coffee a month, that's basically, I think the lowest membership is three bucks a month or something. Um, 
you can go out and check it out at my website at michaeldukeshow.com. Just click on Join the Core, and it'll take you over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Show. It'll take you to that link, and you can check it out. And so if you believe in the show and you love the show and you want it to get better, well, I mean, I guess that's subjective. But if you want it to get better, and uh, and then you can help us out over there. And you get benefits like <clears throat> access to a private Facebook group and all kinds of stuff in there. Swag, coffee mugs, T-shirts. I'm wearing my, I'm wearing my new T-shirt today again. I mean, how how arrogant is it wearing a T-shirt with your own beard on it that says the Michael Duke Show? I don't know. I just call it shameless self-promotion. Uh, but somebody once said to me, "But you're it's kind of ballsy wearing a T-shirt with your own face and name on it." Um, but <clears throat> Hey, I guess that's uh, I guess that's how it is. Um, so anyway, uh, go ahead and check it out, MichaelDukeShow.com. Just click on Join the Core. All right. Well, I got a, <clears throat> a couple headlines that um, just jumped out at me this morning, and so I want to uh, at least throw those out there. Um, the folks in the Anchorage area are about to suffer, apparently, another challenge. The Anchorage School District is suffering from a bus driver shortage. Um, Two weeks ahead of school, and they are 75 bus drivers short of meeting the operational needs for transportation. 75. This is not just like a half a dozen drivers. 75 drivers... That they don't, uh, that they just don't have the uh, the problem, uh, the uh, the people to uh, to fill. Um, the driver shortage could trigger temporary suspension of school bus routes. They said that they have received very few applications for bus driver positions over the summer. The positions are open for both full time and part time work. Um, they sent a message out to parents in order to alert them, but also to see if any of them wanted to drive. They included in the uh, email a link to the bus driver application and the transportation department's page for all the latest information. Um, uh, this all ties into the fact that Anchorage is rebounding in one factor, which is the uh, the job postings. The uh, Anchorage Economic Development Corporation, Bill Pop, put a presentation out this last this week, and uh, one of the new uh, the the brand new report on the state of the economy in the Anchorage area came out, and they were like, "Yay, 2022 blew the roof off. 75 percent increase in new job postings during the first six months of the year compared to the average for the same previous four years." The problem is finding workers to fill all the various positions. If if the pandemic has done anything, it has hammered. The ability to and and look, folks. I've done some hiring here over the last couple of years, and I got to tell you, not just the quantity of applicants, but the quality of applicants. It seems like everybody has made a decision to, uh, you know, I, mean, I don't know. It's a fundamental shift in work ethic. It's a fundamental shift in commitment to it. It's, uh, you know. Uh, and never in my life would I feel like you would expect uh, somebody who is my age who gets hired for a job 
that uh, is a great opportunity is going to just, you know, give it three or four weeks and then just not show up one day. But that's happened, right? Um, uh, it, it's just it's it's a whole different it's a whole different feel these last these last couple of years than from all my work experience in the last thirty years in in an industry where uh, um, and that's just that's just in the media industry it's it's insane but they're saying yeah great all these all these job postings are up thumbs up what about all the people to fill them. And if I heard it once, I've heard it a hundred. I just talked to another client yesterday who's like, yeah, we were going to do a grand opening of this thing in August, but I just can't find the people to hire to deal with this. And I had hired some teenagers and they now all have to go back to school. And so that's not going to happen. And I can't find any full-time employees. I mean, I just I, I think it's interesting that the pandemic has done a few things. One of them has shifted the, I guess, people's idea of work work life balance, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but has shifted people's idea of what they really want in life. And it seems like more and more people are satisfied with, um, you know, making less money, making less time, doing two different jobs, just so that they can, I guess, enjoy life more. Maybe it. Maybe it allowed them to view their own mortality. I mean, Americans have always been kind of workaholics in general. Maybe now some of that started to shift with this. I, I don't know. But these two stories, the school bus drivers and the economic thing, those were just like, wow. And then there was finally, there's one more story, which we'll have to get into later. But um, Wasilla lawmaker David Eastman has had his Oath Keepers membership come back up yet again. This time uh, with a lawsuit challenging his eligibility for office. And uh, we're going to talk about that here uh, in a while. We'll, we'll, we'll hold this one off and we'll come back to it. But, you know, like I said the other day, I agree with most of what David stands for. I don't always agree with the way he does it, but this just seems... <clears throat> This just seems a little bit of a ridiculous stretch to me, this idea of this lawsuit. So we'll, we'll continue to uh, talk. We'll talk about this later this morning. How about that? All right. We got uh, more coming up. Kathy Diamond with uh, the Yukon Quest is going to be up next. <clears throat> She'll be joining us from Fairbanks. And uh, we'll get some details on that. We'll take maybe some calls after that. I'm not sure. Or maybe I'll just talk about some of the other stuff, this lawsuit and whatever. And then Charlie Pierce will be joining us in hour two. It is the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Howdy, howdy, howdy. 
Uh, how are you guys doing this morning? Um, I'm just saying hi to Kathy, who's about to join us here in a minute. We're going to get to her in just a hot second. <clears throat> and uh, my God, I'm a whoop puppy this morning. <clears throat> I'm just so... <laughs> I stayed up to nearly midnight last night waiting on my son and uh, wishing him a happy birthday. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So you'll have to forgive me if I'm a little uh, disconnected, discombobulated. If I'm a little discombobulated today, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, Reason number 743 to homeschool. Thank you, Terry. Uh, I wouldn't want to drive a bus for undisciplined children out there today. If there's no buses, the teens won't be going back to school, will they? No, I mean, that's the thing. It's, I mean, yeah. What? No drivers? Why do they hate children? Why do they hate children? That's a good question. Why do they hate children? I mean, I'm I, I'm with you, Brian. Uh, of course, there is a lawsuit not going to beat him in an election. Uh, talking about the Eastman lawsuit. Yeah, that's quite possible. Um, is the government, state, or federal financing this sloth that is causing the worker shortage? I don't know, Randy. I don't know. The struggle is real. Like coming into Wasilla today, let me know if I can pick you up anything in my email or coffee. Um, I yeah, I, I don't know, Tony. I'm the struggle this morning is real. Uh, you're getting older, harder to stay. This is this is Christopher. You're getting older, harder to stay up even on New Year's Day. I'm yeah. Well, I kind of burned the candle a little hard this week because I was getting ready. You know, when you go on vacation for a couple days, like a Friday and a Monday, you feel like you got to do 10 days worth of work just to be able to take those two days off. So I've been burning the candle pretty hard and staying up pretty late the last few days. And so this is just like, (laughs) this is just like the icing on the cake. All right. I guess we should get ready to talk to Kathy. Should we? I think we should. Let's bring Kathy Diamond on the program here this morning and talk with her about uh, everything uh, Everything else. We're going to get her set up and we'll get started. Good morning, Kathy. How are you this morning? Good morning, Michael. I'm awesome. Wow, you're super loud. Hold on a second here. I got to I got to <laughs> I got to adjust all this stuff here. Uh oh, I'm too awake for you. You're way too awake for me. You're like up close and personal. <laughs> Hello. You know, so it's all good. Um, all right. Well, Kathy, uh, Kathy's a good friend of mine and, uh, we're, she's the brand new, like I said, freshly minted executive director of the Yukon Quest Alaska sled dog race. So we're going to talk with her here in just a hot second about, uh, all this, all the goings on, on that. And then, uh, we will, um, they got a big shindig going on this weekend. It's going to help support the race and everything else. So I'm glad you're awake. That's all I can say. I'm glad you're awake this morning, ready to go. Um, all right. Well, Kathy, hold the line. I'll be right back to you. Okay. Don't uh, just hang out. It. Hang out in my virtual green room. Drink my virtual coffee. Eat my virtual donuts. All right. All right. Don't, I will do that. Don't eat the ones with the sprinkles on them. All right. Those are mine. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. You got it. All right. We're going to talk with Kathy Diamond here in just a minute. Uh, we're about fifty seconds out or so. 
So if you guys would like, do me a favor. Um, give me the like, the thumbs up, give me the share, and um, and do all the youtube stuff. If you're out there on YouTube, you know, hit the subscribe button and ring the bell. And if you're on Twitch, then you can follow the show and do all the things, man. Obey. That's, you know, I've got uh, 16 likes. 42 people in the show right now and 16 likes. You guys are you're failing. You're not doing it. There's 42 of you. There should be 40 likes. Oh, God. That's all I needed. In the morning was a reminder that we're about to go back live. All right. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're going to do this. We're going to do it right with style. Let's go. All right, welcome back to the program. Hello and good morning to you. Thursday, uh, my final work day for the next uh, four days. But uh, before we go out, and I mean, I'm mentally on vacation half the time anyway, so what does it matter? Kathy Diamond is joining us this morning. She is the uh, she is the uh, new executive director for the Yukon Quest sled dog race, and she comes on board this morning to talk with us. A little bit about the race, the organization, her taking over, and of course the big shindig, shindig that's going on this Saturday, and we welcome her to the program. Good morning, Kathy. Bright and good morning, Michael. Good morning, bright and sunshiny and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Uh, my exact opposite this morning, so it's all good. Yeah, so, you didn't see me ten minutes ago. We're I, good. Well, it's good. Hey, you know, look, it's. <laughs> You have no idea how much it takes to beat this beard into submission sometimes in the morning. Um, yeah, I don't have that problem. Exactly. I know. It's all good. I lose it all on top. Don't even have to comb my hair anymore. But boy, that beard, you know, you a brush and a hair dryer and a blowtorch and we'll get it all done. All right. <clears throat> so, Kathy, um, last time we talked, you were not the executive director of the uh, Yukon Quest. Uh, tell me what's going on over there. That is true. I'm still in that other job that I had before, but um, I am now the executive director of the Yukon Quest. I started about a month ago. We are working hard to put on a slate of races for the 2023 racing season, and I am excited about what we've got going on. Oh, that's super good. I have a little bit of a soft spot in my... Excuse me. I have to... <laughs> My yeah, my speak <laughs> my speaking thing is not working. Uh, I have a little bit of a soft spot for uh, dog racing. Uh, I've been broadcasting and announcing the Open North American Championships, which is yes. the sprint. It's like the drag racing of dogs versus the Indianapolis 500, right? Of dogs. Um, uh, I have a little bit of a soft spot on that, so I love to uh, see this Alaskan sport uh, really do some amazing stuff. And of course, the quest. Um, is, uh, you know, a lot of people haven't heard, you know, everybody's heard of the Iditarod, but not everybody's heard of the Quest, although I would think that sometimes the Quest is much, much harder uh, than most people much. give it credit for. And uh, so this is an exciting thing. For those people who are living in other parts of the state that have no idea what the Yukon Quest is, give us a quick thumbnail of what, what, it, what, it, what it covers. 
Traditionally, the Yukon Quest was an international race between Fairbanks and Whitehorse, or Whitehorse and Fairbanks, flopped year to year, so one of us had the start and one of us had the finish. Thanks to COVID, we can't cross the border easily, even out at our remote location where we cross the border to go with the trail. So since COVID hit us in 2020, um, our 21-22 races were both on either side of the border. We did them on each side. Again, because of, of COVID reasons and some other things going on in the background, we are doing separate races again this year on the Alaska side and the Yukon side. We're still really hopeful that we can get that traditional thousand mile race back that goes across the border. Okay, so explain that to me. So racers in Alaska mush from Fairbanks to the border and racers in Canada run from Whitehorse to the border. Is that kind of how it works? What, what, how do kind of. We're actually, we're doing it a little bit. We're each doing our own races on either side. So the Alaska side, we're going to have three events this, this coming February. Um, our feature race is a 550-mile race that goes from Fairbanks following the traditional Quest Trail out to Eagle. And then we're going to drop down like we normally do and head over American Summit. But instead of heading out east towards Dawson City, they're going to head down to Chicken. We're going to go down into Chicken on the Taylor Highway, and then we're going to go down to Toke to finish at 550 miles. Okay. Okay. And they're doing something similar on the Canadian side. Yes. But I do. going from Whitehorse out to Dawson City. and Right. But ideally, what you'd like to see is you'd like to see that cross-border championship happen because, I mean, that's that's really the ultimate uh, race. It and, is. And this race is, again, a little bit it, – it, it's not as famous as the Iditarod, but it is uh, – I mean, it's just as rough. It's just as – and it's some, some ways even more challenging. Yes. So this is a good thing. Uh, obviously, the pandemic has been hard on a lot of organizations, um, you know, nonprofits especially, uh, not-for-profits, and, of course, organizations like this that are, you know, based on people getting together and doing things and everything else. So taking over for the, uh, taking over for the quest now uh, in this – this has got to be quite a challenge. It is quite a challenge. We're we're basically trying to grow from the ground up again on our Alaska side just because we're we're kind of stuck doing stuff on either side of the border rather than crossing it and able to work together. And of course, this race has got quite a following. It's been going on for many years. How long have they been running the quest? Um, Nineteen eighty-four was our first quest. Yeah, I was just going to say. I remember hearing about it first in the uh, when I was a young when I was a young young boy. Uh, yeah, so it uh, it's good. But I'm glad to see that you're continuing the tradition. This is a very uh, this is a very good. And again, uh, like I said, a very Alaskana thing. And I and I just I love it. I love it very much. So yes, me too. <laughs> Brian in the chat room just said chicken. Where the hell? is chicken which by the way that's their that's their local slogan right that's the bumper sticker is is uh, exactly um all right well kathy you guys are looking for some help from the community um as you know as always this is a very community driven sport and a very community driven organization and so you guys have got a uh like i said a big shindig going on this weekend tell me tell me what's happening we have our sign-up day, so our our mushers that are local in the area are going to be coming in on Saturday, starting at 11 o'clock to sign up for the race. We will do sign-up day with the mushers from 11 until around 2-ish. Of course, we'll still take all sign-ups as they come in. That's not a problem. We're doing this this little shindig to, to get them there 
because we have some awesome incentive prizes for the folks that the mushers that sign up for the 550, the, the feature race. We've got the mushers are going to be in a drawing at the end of the day, about three o'clock. We'll be doing a drawing for one of those mushers that signs up and is present to do to get their entry fee back. So they may pay us to get entered into that, and then they may get it back by the end of the day if they wow. stick around. Nice. Um, we've got some mittens from Apocalypse Design. Laughing Husky Enterprises is giving us some sled repairs. Water Wagon has offered some uh, water. We've got Tamarack Knives giving us a Bowie knife. We've got 250 booties from Cold Spot. We've got some some uh, gift certificates for some restaurants, and I've got a brand new uh incentive this year that i'm i'm working on myself that my husband and i kind of came up with to see how it'll go and any musher that enters on this day anytime so it doesn't have to be between 11 to 2 but sometime on saturday our official sign up day they're going to be able to choose their start position at the start banquet so we're going <laughs> to, before we do the traditional draw, right? any musher that showed up for this event is going to have their name put in a hat that those mushers will be pulled and they get to actually say, my favorite number is five. I want to start with the fifth position or I want to go out very first. I want the first position or very last, whatever their favorite position is or whatever they traditionally run. So this is like, um, a, so this is like a pick your pole position. That's yeah, <laughs> yes. but it's done at the start banquet just before we do the regular draw. Right. And so you draw a name out of the hat and say, where do you want to be? You want to be tail in Charlie or you want to be leading the pack? That's uh, yep, exactly. Or do you want to be number seven? Because it's your lucky number. Right. Exactly. Well, that's kind of fun. That's that's good stuff. Um, and so where's the banquet? Or where's the uh, uh, where's your function going to be held? And, and again, 11 to two. So wh where's it going to be? Right at our headquarters, First Avenue, 550 First Avenue in Fairbanks. Okay. And that's the old city hall, right? Yeah. The old Chamber of Commerce City Hall, Visitor Center, <laughs> it's been that old log cabin down there. That thing's been everything for a long time. So, oh, oh the, the log cabin. Yes. Okay. That's right. I love that log cabin. Yeah, I know. That log cabin <laughs> downtown is good. Um, you mentioned it's going to be the feature race, and I guess I... Again, I'm a little slow this morning, but you did mention earlier that it actually you actually have several different events. So you've got the main race, the 550. What else? What other races is the Yukon Quest putting on? Uh, you know this go round. So, okay, following the 550, once all the racers for the 550 are out on February 4th, we're going to start our 300 mile race, which is from Fairbanks, following the Quest Trail, all the way out to Circle City, and then they will come back to finish in Central for 300 miles. That will also become a qualifier. Um, so it would qualify anybody that runs that and finishes would qualify to run the Iditarod or a larger race, you know, one of the larger races down the road. Right. Then our third race is a fun run. It's 80 miles, uh, Fairbanks to Two Rivers. Then they'll have a six hour stop at the, at the Two Rivers um, checkpoint. And then we'll restart them back to Fairbanks, and they'll finish in Fairbanks. So that, this is all. This almost, is also going to include junior mushers. So this is almost like a sprint race in the in the in the long distance one. This is the yes. This is the short relay uh, on the way back. Yeah. Well, it's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm glad you guys have seen. You know, I'm glad you guys have come up with different ways to 
engage the people and, uh, you know, try and make the best of this. I mean, I can't believe it. We're three years into this pandemic thing and we're still trying to figure out how to get back to normal uh, on this stuff. So it's and again, it's been really hard on various organizations to try and deal with Mm -hmm. all this and everything else. Um, I'm you know, I'm super excited. So downtown uh, First Avenue, the log cabin, Saturday, 11 to 2. Uh, I mean, you guys are going to have what music, dancing girls, food. What, what, what else is happening? Just give me, give me all the details. Okay. We're going to, along with our sign up day that day, we're also doing our volunteer picnic. So anybody that has been a volunteer in the past or wants to be a volunteer is more than welcome to come and hang out with us that day. We're going to have, um, hamburgers, hot dogs on the grill sides. Um, we're going to have a silent auction. We're going to have some door prizes, We've got a whole bunch of stuff going on that day. Kit Carson is going to come and play for us. Um, it, it's it's just going to be a fun day. Well, that's great. And I'm assuming uh, that uh, that you uh, want more volunteers. I mean, you, you said it's a volunteer picnic. People who have volunteered, who want to volunteer. Uh, these organiz- organizations like yours depend a lot on people who are just passionate about it. I'm assuming that you're still looking for volunteers to help out with the quest Always. in February. All right. Okay. Always. Yes. Well, Kathy, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to to see you what you're doing here and uh, to what you can do for the organization, and I'm excited, to, like I said, for the quest to get back to normal. And um, I hope that you have a just a bonzer turnout on Saturday for this. This sounds like this is. I a, hope so too. Yeah, no, this is a this is a good this is a good opportunity for folks to find out what the real Alaska is all about, right? And uh, right. Uh, this will be this will be fun. Uh, any final thoughts before I let you go this morning, Kathy? Just that you know, our president said it best when he's he sent a message out to our mushers yesterday, saying this racing season is going to be a pivotal time for our future of long distance racing in Alaska, in Canada, in the world. Um, he's had some great conversations with Can- the Canadian uh, board president. We're still working on a big slate of races for 2024 as well. Well, that's good. Now, where can folks go to find out all the information about this and more? Um, we have a Facebook page under Yukon Quest Alaska. So we're on the Alaska side now. Um, our YukonQuestAlaska.com website is up and running. It's kind of sparse right now because we're still building it. Um, but it is there. The sign-up forms are there if you would like to download them. We'll get our rules out there. We'll have more information. And I'm looking to put some I found an article yesterday on 1984, the start of the race, that I'm going to post out there today. Oh, great, great. Some more history of stuff that we'd love to see. All right. This Saturday, downtown in Fairbanks at the Log Cabin, 11 to 2, the picnic, the volunteers picnic, and the sign-up for all those people who want to do it. What's your average, uh, what's your average, uh, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, what was your average number of mushers and how's it been since then, just so people can have an idea of how you guys have been affected? Uh, we were hitting 2025, hitting our max on our number of mushers in the race. Um, we're still going for a max of 25 this year, but we've had down as low as 10. Okay. Well, so you guys need the help of the community. And of course, we, do. we, we need to keep Alaskan dog mushing alive. And uh, this is another way to do it. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to see you over there, Kathy. I'm, I'm happy to, uh, Thank you. Happy to see it. So couldn't have picked a better gal as far as that goes for it. So I appreciate Why, it. Why, thank you much, sir. All right. Well, Kathy Diamond, uh, Yukon Quest. Again, YukonQuestAlaska.com on Facebook as well, Yukon Quest Alaska. Thank you for coming on board, and we will see you, uh, we'll see you soon. 
Sounds good. Thank you, Michael. All right, folks. Uh, we are coming up against the break. We got more coming up. We're going to be jumping back into this with I don't know what. I really don't. I think maybe we'll talk about some firearm stuff since we're not going to be here tomorrow for Firearms Friday. Um, let's um, let's take this break and we'll be back. How about that? We got uh, Charlie Pierce coming up in hour two. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like... America used to be streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't know what this means. What does this mean, Rick? Man, you're gonna mess up my schedule. Are you talking about me? It's. Uh, are you talking about me being gone for a couple days? I mean, I'm sorry, but you know. Man, don't you need a don't you need a break? Well, you milk cows and stuff, so probably you don't ever get a break. But I mean, come on. I mean, you know. I need uh I got I got stuff I need to do. I got stuff I need to do. Um I uh, I need a break just so that I don't break stuff and hurt people. That's kind of that's kind of my thing right now. So I don't lose my mind. Need to get, you know, it's it's funny. I was just talking about it the other day. Normally, by this time of year, I've been down to my adopted hometown of Homer. I've been down there probably uh, uh, at least. Uh, I think my wife and I just three times, three or four times. I think we've already, but probably three times this time of year, because uh, we usually go like four or five times uh, a year. Um, but uh, we have not been down to Homer once this year. So this uh, this will be a good uh, this will be a good uh, good opportunity. Um, has anyone seen Dunleavy here in Facebook, or is that Fairbanks? I'm not sure what he's running for office, but you don't see him. Oh, in in Facebook at all? Um, yeah, no, I'm I I. It's like it's like. Uh, um, it's like they're he's running a stealth campaign or something. Won't answer a questionnaire. Doesn't come out. Hasn't really put out anything uh, as far as you know campaign ads or anything else. It just it's like this assumption that he's just going to get, get it, get it. Um, at which I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um. Let's see. The cows don't give their milk without their dukes. Ask Care in the chat. <laughs> She's asking Rick. Care over on uh, YouTube. The cows don't give milk without their dukes. Maybe I don't know. Rick will find out. They may not give their milk if I'm not there to sweet talk them. Oh, Bessie, you're such a good cow. You're such a good cow. Give me some milk. Uh, all right. I hope you make it through this travesty. All right. There is a contingent. Well, this is an interesting comment. Brian, care to expand on this? Uh, Brian says, there is a contingent 
who doesn't want to get back to normal. We were talking about pandemic and all that other stuff. There's a contingent who doesn't want to get back to normal. Um, yes, uh, I would. That that is possible. I mean, I've still talked with a few people who are like, well, you know, I would do that, but you know, COVID and everything, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I mean, people are still getting, still people still are getting sick. Um, with COVID, uh, I mean, I've still got, I've got employees out and there's, I mean, it still happens, but I just, we've got to, you know, we, we've moved well past the pandemic stage and we're into the endemic stage, right? So I don't understand why there's still this hullabaloo about all this stuff. Um, Terry says that contingent is Canada. I don't think they're just in Canada, Terry. I think that they're here too. Uh, I think that there is a bunch here, too, who would just be like, oh, no, no, I just, you know. Uh, Brian follows up with that that says they like control. Some people like the fear. That, unfortunately, is true because fear makes people, fear turns people into sheep. Uh, you know, they're very easy to control. They're very easy to control when they're fearful. Um. I, on the other hand, just I don't like to be told what to do. So this is probably why I'm a libertarian. That's probably why it is. Um, good morning. Paul just popped in from Kodiak. <laughs> this, this is how Paul enters the chat room every day right here. That's 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 Paul's Paul like he's like Kramer on Seinfeld. He throws the door open and stop stutters to a stop. And that's how he enters the room every morning, uh, to which I just chuckle gleefully. I hope that you are. Uh, I hope that you are uh, going to be talking uh, with uh, her uh, opponent and supporting her opponent, Paul. That's uh, Addie's Louise needs to go. Addie's Louise needs to go. Um, <sighs> okay, <laughs> you said intercourse. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, it's my juvenile mind. My, my juvenile mind. All right. <clears throat> 30 seconds from rejoining the radio. How are we going to do this? I don't know. Usually I'm all prepped and ready. Today we're winging it. Winging it by the seat of our pants. But that's okay. That's okay. We will make it. Th it's just radio. Nobody's going to die, right? That's the. That's how I look at this. It's just radio. Nobody's going to. Let's get back to it. Here we go. Okay. Well, let's see. Since we're not going to be here uh, on Friday, tomorrow, 
We're not going to be here Wednesday, but really more importantly tomorrow, because I know that what will happen is for people who have not been paying attention and have not been hearing about me talking about being uh, on hiatus and on vacation for a couple days, I will inevitably, I'm going to have to put my phone on silent because I inevitably will get the text messages and the phone calls and everything else uh, at 6.10 tomorrow morning saying, where is my firearms Friday and why are you not on the, you know, where where are you? Uh, so to try and prevent some of that and to prevent some of you from going into toxic withdrawal, um, we will, uh, we'll do a little bit of firearms goodness here this morning and, uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff related to the second amendment. How about that? Uh, which means, oh God, uh, which means that we're going to have to, um, we're going to have to take some phone calls. Oh, I wasn't wasn't quite ready for that, were you? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take some phone calls, and we will uh, jump into it here and uh, see what you guys have to say. Uh, we oh, you want to hear about the Eastman thing? Somebody in the chat room just said they want to hear about the Eastman lawsuit. I'll talk about that here in a second. Um, well, I guess I'll talk about that here first because I know as soon as I get into the firearm stuff, it's gonna I'm not gonna stop. So I guess we'll talk about the Eastman thing first. But I'm gonna open up the phone lines. For those of you who want to sound off and want to get your firearms stuff on here to begin with, we can do that, and I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to jump uh, to jump into that. So we can we can start there. Let me uh, let me go over, and I guess we'll talk about this Eastman thing real quick. Um, which, uh, by the way, I think is completely ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't like the way that uh, that David Eastman does business. I don't. I mean, I I agree with his positions. Um, but I don't like the way that he does business, but I, I, I think this quite honestly is just stupid. Um, David Eastman, again, being challenged in court, uh, in the eligibility, uh, for the eligibility department, Randall Kowalki, uh, who's a name that many people in the Valley will recognize, aided by the civil rights firm, Northern Justice Project filed a suit at Anchorage Superior Court last Friday saying in an illegal complaint that Eastman's membership in the Oath Keepers violates the disloyalty clause of the Alaska Constitution. This is all being reported, by the way, in the uh, ADN uh, from James Brooks over at the Alaska Beacon. Attorney Savannah Fletcher, who's representing Kowalki, says that she intends to request a preliminary injunction seeking to have Eastman removed as a candidate in this year's legislative election due to ineligibility. Now, of course, if you unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard that there are members of Oath Keepers, including its founders, who have been charged with the, uh, by the federal government with a seditious conspiracy. Now, Eastman was in D.C. in the protest, but he has not been linked to anything. He's not been linked to entering the building or any of the violence or anything else. There have been similar lawsuits uh, in other states uh, that turned out to be unsuccessful. Uh, but those relied on federal law and the U.S. Constitution. The Alaska Constitution's disloyalty clause has never been cited in a court challenge. Earlier this year, state legislators uh, did question whether it conflicts with the uh, rights of free speech. Um, Kowalki's statement said, I think the takeaway is what is our level of tolerance? What are we going to allow from our candidates or representatives? Are we going to allow full-blown communists, jihad folks, fascists, particularly those that are supporting the overthrow of the government? I guess it's time to find out. 
which I think is just hyperbolic at this point. Um, like I said, I don't agree with the way the a lot of the things that David does or the way that he does them. But at the same time, you're talking about, I mean, I was from I interviewed people for both keepers 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, and they were an organization dedicated to upholding the Constitution. I mean, that's where their name came from. They were oath keepers. They'd taken an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution, and that's the direction they were. Now, it seems like that organization has drifted far afield from where they started, but I would have supported them. I, you know, I, I could have very easily given them money uh, back in the day. Uh, that doesn't mean that I would agree with everything they're doing right now. It's just like, again, you can't. It's like giving money to the NRA. Uh, you know, you could be giving money to the NRA today. They might not be doing things that you're super excited about. You know what I mean? Uh, so definitely, definitely a thing. Um, Eastman didn't have any comment because he had just heard about the lawsuit. They had not been served. Apparently, the state of Alaska had not been served. Um, the disloyalty clause, by the way, in case you're wondering and you'd never heard about it, states that, quote, no person who advocates or who aids or belongs to any party or organization or association with which advocates the overthrow by force or violence of the United States or of the state shall be qualified to hold any public office of trust or profit under this Constitution. Now, Eastman had come under fire earlier in the legislature for this, but the legislature took no action. And in fact, I think that uh, I think that um, Laddie Shaw, um, who is, uh, you know, I don't think anybody, anybody is going to, um, is going to, uh, uh, you know, call him, uh, unpatriotic. Laddie Shaw basically, uh, had, I think a, a, just a dynamite commentary on this when they were talking about this in the legislature, basically saying, you, you know, you can't, you can't hold one person accountable for an organization that he joined years ago. Um, and that everybody should have a right to free speech and association as long as they're not personally advocating for a lot of this stuff. Anyway, it was a, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was a fantastic little piece. Um, and uh, so we'll see. Now, I, I just think this is ridiculous. Um, I, you know, like I said, I may not agree with Eastman. I, even if I dis, even if I didn't believe in some of the things that he believed in, or, or I, I just think this is a, I think let the people decide is what I'm saying. Let the people decide to try and arbitrarily use the courts to force him off the ballot just seems like a uh, it just seems like stupidity. It really does, especially since the Department of uh, uh, Division of Elections rather has already um, cleared and upheld his candidacy. There were a lot of complaints about this specifically leading up to his candidacy, and the division of elections said, nope, he's, he's qualified. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, see what's, uh, we'll see is uh, what's going on. Now, the question was, why did he do the you – know, why is Kowalki doing this now? Why uh, did he wait more than a month after getting the, the, the division of elections re- response? Why did he wait? Uh, and he said it took it took that long for him to get organized and decide to file, he said. He's a former Eastman supporter. He said he's been redistricted out of Eastman's district and said he's not attempting to sway the ongoing election. He said if necessary, he'll continue his case past the election and into the next legislative session because it will remain a live argument. Well, you know, again, not a 
I, I'm just not a fan of this. I mean, it's your right, I guess. It's your right to sue or do whatever. But it just doesn't seem like this makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Uh, sense, you know. Uh, anyway, isn't this the kind of thing that excites Eastman, says Chris on Twitch? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he, Maybe he does get a little bit of a thrill off of uh, going out there and facing the lions in the den or whatever. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, here you go. This is this is where we're at. Um, all right, well, I'm glad we started with the Eastman thing because now I'm out of time and I can't talk about my firearm stuff till later. Maybe we could talk about it later in the show this morning. All right, uh, we got more coming up. Charlie Pierce is going to be joining us in just a hot minute. The Michael Duke Show continues. Your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, we'll be back with more here um, in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Sorry, little uh, little has a little housekeeping there. Housekeeping. Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh gosh. You guys ready to do this thing? All right, we're gonna be jumping in. Sarah got sued out of office. Well, that's true. I mean, those were ethics complaints. But they used it as a bludgeon to beat her out of office. That's uh, that's, that's that's true. That's true. 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 Um. Que. I don't know what you're trying to say here, Kevin. Que direct resumed of Mayor Negan during uh, Katrina. I don't know what that is. That a result? Is a direct result of Mayor Negan during? I don't know exactly what you're trying to say there, Kevin. It sounds like you need more coffee than I do this morning. <laughs> you need more. You need more coffee than I do at at this point. Um, all right, Rick. I just saw your. Um, I just saw your your message come across. So, um, I guess I will. Um, um, I got to switch. I got to switch profile so that I can see messages across different platforms. It's it's uh, it's crazy. All right, let me let me go over here and see. Uh, Murkowski has just dropped a new bill. It's all about timing. Uh, it, Rick is asking about Murkowski's. She's got a new bill that opens the Arctic, and uh, and he's wondering about you know the timing of it and everything. This is not. I mean, this is not. <laughs> this is this is not surprising. 
Uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski, a leader on Arctic issues, introduces the Arctic Commitment Act, a comprehensive legislation to address national priorities in the Arctic region. Um, it's sponsored by Angus King and Lisa Murkowski. It includes a wide variety of Arctic-focused provisions pertaining to national security, shipping, research, and trade. Look at me. I can bring home the bacon. That's what it's all about. Um, it creates a bunch of different committees. It uh, amends the different uh, all about climate. This is this is much ado about nothing. I mean, there's really the bill doesn't really do anything except for saying, look at me. I'm able to focus the business on the Arctic. And uh, that's that's where it comes down to. That's that's what it is. Um, set up a double espresso for Kevin. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what Kevin was saying this morning. It, it looked at first I thought it was Latin. Qua directus resumpt of Mayor Negan during Katrina. And I don't know exactly what that means, but I feel you, baby. I feel you. Look at this. Uh, we have the technology and they can be taught. Uh, Mayor Charlie Pierce joins us this morning on the program. And uh, we're uh, we're about to uh, we're about to go side by side. Boom. Just like that. Look at that. Uh, good morning, Mayor. How are you doing? Good morning. Doing well. Uh, thanks for coming in, uh, and thanks for doing the video thing. I mean, that was a last-minute deal. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about all this new software. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be seen. So we're gonna, we're gonna do this. There. I'm sorry, you, I, you broke up there. What was that? You got new toys in your studio there. I, I do. I was, you know, I've been putting this off for a long time, and I thought I finally said. When my other software thing kind of blew up and crashed, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to bite the bullet, spend the money, and and voila. Now I've got all kind. Of, I haven't even figured out half the things this thing can do. So, But it is nice to be able to to, uh, to see people and talk with people this morning and be ready to go. Uh, I'm going to be down in your neck of the woods this afternoon, and it looks like it's a beautiful day down there as it is here in the Wasilla area. How's it looking? Yeah, it looks really pretty this morning. Sun Good. Sunrise early and... It's a gorgeous day. Little clouds out there, but it looks like it's going to be a nice warm day. Okay, good. Well, we are coming back into it here. I'm going to put you back in the green room and let you hang out for just a second uh, because we've got uh, we've got more coming up here. So don't uh, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to you. Uh, and uh, Mayor Charlie Pierce will be our guest, and we're going to be talking with him about his candidacy, about the elections, about everything else, and how people are feeling which I'm sure is kind of frustrated. That's kind of the overall feel right now for people. They are frustrated. But Mayor Pierce is going to be hanging out with us here. you got about uh, two minutes, uh, two and a half minutes here, Charlie. So just hang out and we'll be right back to you. Um, uh, Kevin McCabe said, okay, so Kevin is, is, is uh, he's clarifying what he said earlier. Um, Oath Keepers sprung out of the gun confiscation by Mayor Negan during Katrina. As they grow, though, they did not establish a board of directors. No, I mean, I think that was the kind of thing. It grew, it was an organization that grew in effort, but they had no, I think they didn't really have any good leadership or steering of kind of the, you know, the vision of where the group was going to go. Like I said, when I first interviewed, I don't think I interviewed Stuart Rhodes. I interviewed somebody else from Oath Keepers like a dozen years ago. Um, and they sounded like a pretty legit, you know, organization that I think would, because again, that whole thing was about them wanting to uphold the constitution. That's what it was all about. So, um, but I guess things change. If you're not paying attention, things change. 
All right, my friends, let's uh, get back into it. We're hour two up right now. Hour two bound and down. Mayor Charlie Pierce is going to be our guest, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Let's get to it. Here we go. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's right, streaming live around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com, where you can get the live stream and all the links to our social media sites. You can become a member of the Common Sense Corps to help financially support the show. Uh, you could find all the stuff, the podcasts and everything there, plus broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Welcome to Hour 2. Quick reminder, I will be off tomorrow and Monday. Okay, I'll be returning on Tuesday. I've been saying it all week, but again, I don't want to get all the text messages and phone calls at 6.05 tomorrow morning when we don't go live because I will be asleep. All right, I'm not going to be there. So we're off. This is the final broadcast day for this week, but we will be returning next Tuesday. In this hour, we're diving into it right now with our second guest, um, excuse me, our second guest of the morning. And that is Mayor Charlie Pierce, who is the mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough. And he is also, of course, a candidate for uh, for uh, for Alaska governor. And uh, he joins us this morning to talk about stuff and uh, and more. Good morning, Mayor. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, sir. Thanks for coming on board. Now, uh, Charlie, this is the go time. I mean, this is it. This is the rubber hitting the road. As I guess, as I noticed, since you returned one of my text messages at two o'clock this morning, you are burning the candle hard, getting ready for this final stretch here into the primary, uh, which is uh, which is you know again, this is the this is the make or break time, because this is how we get down. Uh, this is how we get down into it. We've got uh, we've only going to get four in the end. And you've got to get your place there. So tell us how things are going in the campaign and what's happening right now. Well, it's busy, and uh, I I can say that we're burning from both ends. And between Edie and I, uh, Edie covering things north and and west, and and uh, we're just we're trying to cover the state, and it's a large, large state. And obviously, campaign funds have restricted us in, as to where we could go and and how far we could reach, but. Uh, we're using the social media aspect and radio to to uh, reach the the 
uh, folks of Alaska and and hopefully some folks will hear hear our messages that you know we're we're a group that uh, really would like to serve all Alaskans and and uh, uh, try to shy away from the special interest and really focus on connecting lots of dots. There's a lot of dots in this state that are that we've heard about that I call them dots because I think there are many many issues in this state that folks are concerned about. You you mentioned uh, earlier in your show that. Uh, you know, there's some folks that still haven't got over the uh, the event that we went through. That's year three, and we're still kind of squandering in it and uh, and trying to find that normalcy if we can. But here, here we're faced with high inflation and and uh, you know faced with a recession again. And and you know, Alaska is always the in, the ones that linger the longest. We we have the, these effects affect us longer than other other states. And you look at our economy and. You look at our opportunities. I think there's many opportunities, but I just don't think we have decision makers or business people in there making those, taking advantage of those opportunities. You know, you're 100% right. And of course, you guys are at this point the David to the Goliath of, uh, of some of the other candidacies here, you know, especially when you look at the fundraising, uh, the legislature's refusal to. Uh, take a look at funding limits and everything else has left, uh, you know, basically the barn door open for all the special interests and everybody to shovel tons of money into this race. A race that normally would run into the low hundreds of thousands of dollars is now bumping up there. And by the time it's done, I'm sure it will be in the millions of dollars. And your fundraising has been uh, pretty low key, all from Alaskans, all small donations. Um, and, uh, you know, you're really you're kind of on the back end of this uh, trying to get caught up. Uh, you know, how's that going? What, what can we do to help get more people, you know, involved and get the, the floodgates going a little bit here? You know, it, we've stood before and, and many, many people in Alaska and shared our, our, uh, philosophical beliefs about where we think we can go and where we think we can take the state. And yet, um, I think folks are kind of sitting on, uh, their dollars until after the, uh, primary, and to figure out who the final four will be. And then I think you'll see some major investments being made, but you're right. There's um, millions of dollars in a few of the folks bank accounts that uh, certainly they're going to, they're going to buy the commercials and they're going to, they're going to touch your heart and your head and they're going to convince you that the status quo is where, where we need to be and, and more of the same. And, and, I would say that what I would say to the folks out there, if you're listening this morning, to really think about: um, Do you want status quo, and do you want more of the same? And and I don't know that Alaska can handle another four years of status quo. But yeah. you get to decide. You're the, you're the constituency out there that gets to decide who your leader uh, is. You get to select your leaders, and that's I, I love that. I respect that process, and and uh, but. We're going to do our best. I think that uh, we're going to do better than most think. I think that uh, we're, we're excited for the 16th to come. Remember the 16th. Put it on your calendars and, and vote for one. There's 10 of us running for governor, and you get to vote for one of us. And uh, the four top vote-getters go to the general election, and then you get to rank us. So uh, it's complicated. I know there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of confusion. Uh, tonight at the borough building at 6 o'clock, there's a— uh, ben Carpenter is going to be there, and he's going to be going over some of the rules and some of the uh, strategies to rank choice voting, and and I plan to be there and try to listen and learn as well. But uh, 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it it is uh, you know I think it can be taught. It obviously can be figured out, but especially people who are not up to speed, who don't pay to pay attention to politics all the time and do that, they're the ones that are going to be kind of caught short in this because they will be surprised. They will be like, well, "What is this? I don't I don't understand." We saw the disenfranchisement of voters in the mail-in election upwards of coming up on nine, ten, eleven percent. Which uh, doctor, which experts like Dr. Fred Van Benekom and others have said, that's pretty standard for ranked choice voting. You're going to see a lot more of that come down, where people are going to have their, ball- their ballots disqualified and everything. So this is a this is a, a very complex issue. So let's talk just for a second here about ranked choice voting. Uh, obviously, it's the law of the land. I think it was passed a little bit disingenuously because uh, I work in radio, of course, so I saw all the commercials come down. Uh, that talked about ranked choice voting. And um, I will tell you that 80% of the commercials did not talk about the ranked choice voting component at all. All it talked about was, we do you want to get dark money out of politics? Eliminate dark money. And it was just like, it was this constant drip, drip, drip of that. And everybody I talked to that actually voted for it said, yeah, we were just voting to get dark money out. And when I explained to them what happened, they were like, well, that's not what I was voting for. Um, so do you think people are going to be surprised and do you think this is going to lead to a hue and cry to repeal it when it's all said and done? I think it will be repealed and I hope that it will be. Uh, I certainly didn't vote for it. And I've, uh, you know, I haven't had anybody admit to me on the campaign trail that they voted for it as well. So I don't know who voted for it and how it passed. But um, dark money, you look at dark money and you look at the contributions that are being made right now into this state you look at the there are hundreds of thousands of dollars that are going to candidates and if you think there's not a quid pro quo behind all of those dollars what i've said is alaska's for rent we're a cheap date and you know we're we're allowing the folks that live very comfortably elsewhere to make investments in alaska and tell us how to live and how to they they influence the decision makers that we're electing and so think about that, Alaskans. You know, do you want your independence? Do you want a natural resource uh, development? Do you want more oil in your pipeline? Do you want the environmentalists to kind of stand down and allow some of these projects that we need in order to thrive as a state to actually take place? If you want those things, and think about where you're, what's happening in this state. You're right, dark money. I call it dark money. It's but you got candidates that are that that would argue that no, I don't think there should be any limits on campaign contributions. Right. Some of those some of those candidates are running today, and they are, but they're getting large dollars. I mean, you you go around, you look at it's the money that they're buying, and and what really perplexes me is is that if you look at the performance records of the individuals that are all running, all of us that are running, look at the performance records of those individuals, and ask yourself why you would reelect. Uh, an administration that has yet to produce and yet to actually accomplish anything. I say, I think one of my greatest accomplishments as an individual, as a person, is protecting the hearts and heads of the people that lived on the Kenai Peninsula during the pandemic. I kept this place open. I was the one that argued for frontline uh, doctors of America to be able to come in and treat the sick and the dying. And lots of folks died needlessly. And yet we forget. We seem to forget. We forget quickly and we forgive. And I guess it's just a matter of just being comfortable and it's too much of a trouble to worry about and try to look into others, try to figure out who people are. And so we'll just stand what stand down with the status quo. Well, Alaska will get what we deserve because we'll get four more years 
of status quo. Zero production, right. zero reason. Let's talk for just a second now about some of the strategy with ranked choice voting because you're right. Um, I think a lot of us don't want the status quo, but a lot of us also don't want to go backwards. And so let's just fast forward past the primary here and make some assumptions. Let's assume that you make it into the top four. Um, and there are people out there who are just like, I'm going to vote for one and that's it. I'm done. I'm going to vote for Charlie. I'm going to what? I'm going to vote for one and done. But really, this the strategy behind ranked, it's going to take some strategic thinking to make this work. And so both for people who are pro-Dunleavy and people who are pro-Pierce, uh, there's going to have to be a meeting of the minds in the middle to say that it should be anybody but the blue at this point. Because you're right, I'm not a fan of going on as we have and doing the same thing that we've done over the last four years. But I'm also not a fan of going backwards to five years ago and uh, and 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 having another Walker administration or to the unknown of a Guerra administration, so we really need to talk a little bit about ranking the red, and that means that uh, even picking a Charlie Pierce as number one is good, but you can't leave the rest of them blank. You've got to be able to pick a Dunleavy or maybe a write-in Republican or a write-in Libertarian versus. Uh, ranking any of the blue, um, or if somebody is fine with Mike, they should be picking Charlie Pierce for number two, just in case. I mean, it. I think there has to be a little bit of that thought process in there. It can't just be I'm mad as hell and I'm going to vote one and throw it in, and that's going to be it. You you got to you got to think more strategically. I agree with you, and I would say that uh, uh, I'll go to the event tonight and I'll hold my comments on on what we should do and what we recommend folks do until after the primary. So the primary will come and go. I think our race has been to focus on the primary, right. make it into or be a, be one of four and, uh, and we'll see where, where we go from there. But, uh, um, I would encourage folks on the peninsula to show up at the borough building at six o'clock, uh, this evening and, and there'll be some, Inside be strategic yeah okay well good well we'll get a little bit of that uh, and hopefully folks show up tonight um charlie we're up against the break here i'm going to keep you for one more segment i know you got a lot of things going on and you've been working hard so uh we'll uh we'll be right back to you folks we gotta go we're coming up on the break we're going to continue in just a moment charlie pierce is our guest we're going to talk with him about what his constituency is saying we're going to talk with him about this push this final push uh, into the fi- this this next week. We got about eight, nine, ten days now. We'll talk with him about that and uh, what differentiates him from some of the other uh, folks who are in the in the bottom end of the uh, of the governor's race for the primary. We'll see what separates him out, and we will be back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay, we're in the break right now. Charlie Pierce is our guest. <clears throat> we got about four and a half minutes before we uh, have to rejoin. And then, like I said, we'll take Charlie for one more segment uh, just to uh, kind of get some more information. 
Um, I'm trying to get just folks exposed to the idea of Charlie Pierce, people who may have never heard of him. Charlie, I know you guys have been working hard up in places like the interior. Um, obviously, the Matsu is a great secondary target because it's the second reddest uh, district in the whole uh, area and the whole state. Uh, but I know you've been working up in the interior as well. Tell me a little bit about how things have been going out on the road and the response that you've been getting from folks uh, in communities outside of the Kenai Peninsula Borough who people who've never probably never heard of you. Well, I'd say that if I had uh, 45 minutes to an hour with most folks, I think I leave them with the um, at least leave them with a, a, a process where they think they have something to think about and. I think that's what we've tried to do. We've been from Fairbanks. We, we tried to make it into Barrow, and we flew over Barrow, almost made it, but uh, we were turned around due to weather, and we haven't been able to make it back up there. But uh, we've been fair. We've been really hitting it hard between Fairbanks and Homer, and uh, we put a lot of miles on our cars, uh, both Edie and I, and, and uh, um, it's been, we've been, there've been a lot of travel. There's been a lot of travel, a lot of airplane rides, and and uh, we've talked to a lot of folks, and I think the, the number one thing that I'm hearing is, is just the concern for the economy and, and a lack of certainty as to where we're going. Where's the state going? Where's our fiscal policy? Where's, our, where's the resolve for the PFD? Where's the decision makers that can actually come in the room and make a decision related to these things instead of talking about it and, and continuing to talk about it? Let's have some resolve. And Let's fix some things so that people have some certainty. You want to get back to normalcy. We, you would think that your government would work normal too, to where they'd all sit in the room, elected officials would sit in the room and, and grovel over and haggle over the issues, and then at the end of the day, make a decision. But what we've done is pick that decision. That we've avoided making these, these tough decisions, and we have to make them. Alaska's strapped. If you think for a second that uh, we're going to have uh, – uh, capital investment in our state from everywhere else in the world without a fiscal policy, without some certainty, without some discipline in our budgets. You're kidding yourself. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And we, we were told, we've been told, we've been told several times that it needs to happen and it can happen. And we were told it was going to happen. Right. And yet it hasn't happened. It's interesting. Um, somebody asked earlier, um, where's the governor? You know, we haven't seen him uh, anywhere. He's refusing to ask, answer questions on questionnaires. He's uh, not been out and around the state. I mean, you've been Ketchikan, uh, like you said, up to up to Barrow, Fairbanks. I mean, you've been trying to travel the whole state on, uh, I mean, a comparatively a shoestring compared to what the governor's got in his war chest. And you've been out there meeting and meeting the people and talking to them. And the governor's running some kind of stealth campaign where he's just kind of sitting around. Uh, I mean, that's a kind of an amazing comparative to me. It's working for him. You know, if you look at the polls, if you believe in polls, you know, he's pulling 40 percent. So he's sitting there. I think that if you look at the rank choice process, if you were a Bill Walker or a Les Guerra, you'd probably look at me as a as a um, uh, an individual that actually helps our governor get reelected um, through rank choice process. But um, if they take me out. Um, and remove me, and uh, they have have no. It, it removes the benefit of the governor, and and uh, and it creates some viable certainty that the Bill Walker campaign can actually move forward. And right. and uh, again, I I I, I 
I really, uh, I, I like all of the people that are running. I respect all the people that are running. And uh, I've run a clean campaign, and I, I plan to continue to run a clean campaign. I'm not going to go in the trenches, but uh, I, I, I sense that I got a big target on my back, and I, I'm feeling some pressure. And, and <laughs> that's when you know you're doing something right. When the, you know, well, the, the tomatoes only hit you in the head when you stick your head up above the crowd. Well, I'm getting a little bit. I'm getting. Table, right? Yep. All right. Well, hold the line, Charlie. We're jumping back into it. Folks, like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Do the YouTube things on the other side if you're on YouTube instead of Facebook, but you can all share the show. Let's get back to it. Here we go. All right. Continuing now, Charlie Pierce is our guest. He is the mayor of the Kenai Peninsula Borough, but also a candidate for governor. And uh, I want to talk a little bit. Charlie just touched on it briefly, but I want to kind of dive just a little bit deeper on this before I jump into comparatives. Um, I want to know, since Charlie seems to have been all over the state, unlike the governor, um, and has talked to people directly on the streets, again, unlike the governor, uh, let's get a feel for where, you know, what people are thinking. Because I know what I care about. I mean, I care about, obviously, the economy as a whole, but I really care about the PFD getting that situation solved and resolved so it stops sucking up all the oxygen. And I care about the size and scope of government. Those are the two big things for me when it comes to a gubernatorial candidate. But maybe I'm an outlier. So let's see, Charlie, what uh, what are what are folks, when you're getting out there and you're talking to people from Ketchikan to Barrow, what are they talking about, and what uh, you know? What concerns them? What what are what are you hearing from the constituency? Well, it's the uncertainty again. It's uh, uh, the economy. Look at inflation. If you live in rural Alaska, or you live in the interior, or you live north, you live far west, and you in one of the native communities throughout Alaska, and you you're faced with huge energy bills this winter. What's your fuel cost going to be? Are you ready for it? How are we going to resolve that? I mean, that's a big concern. How do you feel your? How do you feel that fuel tank and keep your place warm? And Alaska is going to be a very, very expensive place this winter to keep ourselves warm and to feed ourselves. Food is three times more expensive. You go to the grocery store, three times more expensive. Everything is shipped to Alaska anymore is is outrageous. You really have to question whether you need it or not or want it. So goods and services are coming at a at a premium. And again, the jobs are not here. Where are the new jobs? Where's the new employment in Alaska? Where's the new opportunities? There's plenty out there, I think, but you don't have leaders that are actually talking about new development. We're talking about a gas line off the North Slope. It's I've heard that right now that this is the best time to actually go after it. All the all things aligned, you know, you need contracts, long-term contracts, and and they're they're shaping up and they're coming together. And I'm hopeful that that project actually takes place in Alaska. Because Alaska needs that stimulus, that shot in the arm. Give us a big project where we can create some create some employment. But here's another problem, Michael. A lot of folks have given up and they've said, I'm tired of working. I'm not going to go back to work. Right. I'm going to retire. Right. I'm going to retire. Sector of the economy, the baby boomers, they're saying, you know what? I don't think I want to go to work today. I don't think I want to put up with this anymore. And they can. 
and they're doing it and we're seeing it every time you put a po you post a position it takes you weeks to fill it and to find a qualified candidate we talk about having these projects in alaska do we have qualified individuals to employ in alaska i, I question all of this we've lost eighteen thousand. i've heard we've lost eighteen thousand folks our residents our neighbors since uh, 2018. Uh, we went to toke and we sat in toke and we were having uh, eating dinner at uh, Big Eddie's. We ate dinner, breakfast, and lunch there. We stayed there for a few days. And we talked to some folks along the way. And most of them were in U-Hauls, pulling cars and trailers, headed south. Headed to the border, headed south, leaving wow. Alaska. Wow. Leave. Why? You know, we educate our kids here. We educate our kids here. If they get an education, some do. Some get a good education. Those that have parents that are engaged and involved in the children's lives, they they have a better chance of getting a better education than most. But I'll tell you this, well, they'll go to college and they'll get a job somewhere else and they won't come back to Alaska because the opportunities are very, very limited here. Look at the North Slope. Look at the jobs we had on the North Slope and look at the jobs we have there today. And they're also in decline. They, they have a vacancy that comes up and they evaluate whether they fill it or not. And again, they're a for-profit corporation and these companies are very shrewd. They know how to make a profit. And they're making profits, and they should. Why is our pipeline two-thirds empty, Michael? Why? Right. And where's the urgency to try to negotiate terms and conditions with the industry to put some more oil in our pipeline? We need more revenue, or we need to cut spending. We need to get our spending habits in line. And I'm with you. I'm with you. I think we got layers and layers and layers of government that we don't need. If you look at the university, they got layers and layers. You know, the governor went in and cut the university. And I don't know that I would have done it quite like that, but I think I would have talked to the leadership of the university and really had a had a conversation with them about how many leaders do you need, and how many layers of leadership do you need to run, run an organization. Well, and the you look at our, the fact look that at the, the fact that he blinked too. I mean, he had a chance, he had an opportunity. They had talked about they were in the midst of consolidating the three separate university systems, and in the end, he blinked. That would have been one of the they, greatest cost savings available, and he blinked. They refunded them, put their funding back, and then they shut down the reorganization ideas. It changed the reorganization ideas. Again, it's back to having some efficiencies along the way, right? Right, right. Small, efficient, but yet that's the one thing that's growing in Alaska. If there's any business, there's two businesses that are growing in Alaska. It's government and marijuana shops. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a statement so, right there, isn't it? No figure. And I would rather see... I would rather see some added value to the oil that we produce, maybe have some a petrochemical plant. Why don't we build a small petrochemical plant, start building some added value, building some products, building some building put put some oil in cans and sell it, you know? And and uh, our mining industry, every time you want to go mine, they they put more regulations. Uh, we were in Tote, we talked to a number of miners and they showed us their 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 um their sites and they showed us the permitting process and they showed what's changed in the last year and all the restrictions that are being placed on them. You know what these restrictions do? They kill the opportunity for business to thrive. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're trying to do in Alaska. They're trying to choke us out and they're trying, I don't know why they would do this to us. Right. Why do we do? Well, it's the nature of bureaucracy, right, Charlie? I mean, that's the thing, the nature of, yeah, it's the nature of bureaucracy is to go is to grow. That's right. Go back to those cam those campaign contributions and go and look at who's paying the dollars, who's putting up the dollars, 
and what decisions they're influencing after the fact. And they're doing it very quietly. It's happening while we sleep. And here's where's the results? I'm sitting back waiting for some results. Look at our uh, K through 12 education. Look at the administration versus the, the teachers and the, the investment in teachers and students. Look at the percentage of, of those ratios and then compare us to other states in the United States. And you'll see that those that thrive and succeed in other places that are first and second or in the top 10, right? they, they invest more money in their teachers and the student in the classroom than they do in the administrations. Right. Where here in Alaska, the administrative overhead has exploded in the last 15 years versus the number of students. It's, it's insane the amount of money we're spending on overhead versus in the classroom. It's simple. Re it's, you get what you get because of the plan. You can create a priority and a plan that gives you different results. Yeah, absolutely. Again, speak, I speak from a, a logic, a point of logic, and, and I think all too often there's lots of discussion going on around, around politics, and we get, we get in the weeds and we get lost. Right. And it becomes, it becomes so um, overwhelming that we just give up. I think yeah. people just give. Well, and that's the other part of the rank choice voting thing is I think a lot of people will be so frustrated that just be like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't deal with it. And that, I think that's another problem that we will have to deal with for sure. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring Charlie back on, of course, is to expose more people to Charlie Pierce. Uh, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that we're going to have a top three. So we're trying to fill that fourth position in the primary uh, coming up in just over a week. Uh, but Charlie's got to get into that that fourth place position. Uh, you have one candidate that has been uh, that's kind of a, you know in your in your ballpark, uh, and, and that is uh, Christopher Kirka. And I want to talk uh, real quick about uh, differentiation. I want to talk about some of the differences between you and uh, and Chris Kirka, and uh, you know where you stand, and you know where you know where are you putting yourself on this scale, and what makes you different, uh, so that people know why they should be voting for Charlie Pierce on the 16th. Well, I would say if you look at the two individuals, you know, there's, there's things that Mr. Kirka says that I agree with, I agree with in principle, um, but I don't agree with in the way he chooses to implement and, and work with people. And, and I think that's the big difference here is just that in my lifetime, uh, when I was younger, I, I was, probably had a more forceful voice and I wasn't as disciplined in regards to working with and through people and and not over our uh, folks and and again I think everybody is important we're all essential in that we all have something to say and we should be heard and again at the end of the day I would say um, my history my historical record has demonstrated that I've done many of the things that many of the candidates are talking about doing I've done them and and I think that's the big difference with myself I see it as my, my the difference between me and the other candidates is there's a lot of talk during campaign season of what we should do and what we must do and, and yet I look at the things and the junk that I've dealt with in my lifetime and I've done it and so um yeah, I'm. I'm not the. I'm not a real far, far right uh, extremist. I'm not. I'm not over there. I just, you know, I, I'm more of a. Um, uh, I, I'd like to. I'd like to think that I've, I. I lead by example and, 
and I've lead through the experiences I've had in my life, and I, and I think the results that I've de- I've demonstrated results, and and so I would I would say those are the differences. But uh, again, I, I wish him the best of luck. I commonly thank him for helping me with my campaign. And, uh, (laughs) well, I mean, I think you've got the experience on the ground too, the administrative experience of dealing with this. And, and, you know, I think something that people forget that a governor is not a dictator, you know, governor is not, uh, you know, you can't just be the one guy doing it. This really is a participatory sport. You're going to have to work with people that have different philosophies or viewpoints from you, and you're going to have to find a way to, uh, to negotiate with them, uh, to a position of strength. I think that's, I think that's the thing. And you've got a track record of showing that I think in the long run of working with people who you may disagree with, but still working with them nonetheless. I think so. I think really about relationships. The governor's going to go in and have to work with 60 lawmakers. And I think it's very, very important that the governor goes in and earns the respect of those 60 lawmakers and develops a relationship, a working relationship with them. Agree to disagree. And I think that's something we need to learn how to do again, is to agree to disagree and not personalize it. And, uh, you know, you, I, I've said it often. I don't care what kind of what party you come from or what your, your philosophical beliefs are. If you're an elected official, you've been elected by somebody to produce some results for somebody. And I would like to think that our 60 lawmakers that go to Juno could work as expeditiously in the first 10 days of the session that they do in the last 10 days of the session. Right. And maybe maybe throughout the whole session, if they worked as, as, as aggressively as they do in the last 10 days, then we'd probably imagine what we could get done. And we could get <laughs> out of there probably in 60 days. Right. And uh, again, if you could just set aside all the bickering about who's who, and I don't like that person because they're a Democrat or I don't like that person because they're a Republican and that person's not trustworthy and that person's not honest and on and on and on. And just get over all that stuff and focus on the issues that Alaskans are expecting results on. You mentioned the PFD. We've been haggling on that for six years and we haven't done anything else. We've disregarded the rest of the state, a capital projects, uh, maintenance, infrastructure, you know, um, yeah, we've done that. We've taken care of our roads. We've made some major uh, refurbishments of some of our highways. When you travel to the peninsula, many of those. Good job, DOT, on many of those. You know, we still haven't figured out how to haul junk cars off our highways during the winter. And, you know, the other issue is real big for me is, is that, you know what? There's no place along the highway during the wintertime to go and relieve yourself. And so you see people all along the highway you know, relieving themselves. And I think that, you know, sometimes I think we live in a third world country, you know, and we act like it, we behave like that. And again, it's back to uh, what is important as a leader and can you administer and can you direct and prioritize and work within budgets to get things done? Right. And Alaska needs leadership in the worst way. Charlie Pierce is our guest uh, candidate for uh, for uh, governor. He's the borough mayor of the Kenai Peninsula. We're coming down to the end, Charlie, here, so I want to give you a chance to summate, give us your elevator pitch, and kind of, uh, you know, just uh, if folks are thinking about it on the 16th of August, uh, with that one vote that you get on the 16th, the one vote that you get, why should they choose Charlie Pierce? I'll give you... Uh, I'll give you the floor here for that final uh, for that final part. 
Michael, I want to thank you and your show for giving me the platform and giving me the support that you have to start with. Um, I want to talk about a few events that are coming up Saturday, this Saturday, Willow, uh, up in Willow, the um, uh, community center, uh, all the candidates will be there if you want to meet a candidate from all races. I think they've all been invited, uh, just Republican only, uh, excuse me, um, Monday, uh, Alaska Liberty uh, Medicine, uh, Medical Freedom. 6,000 C Street at 7 to 9. And then Thursday, we're, we're going to meet at Bell's from 5 to 7. Bell's Nursery is hosting a, an event for us. We thank them for doing that. And so those are three events that are coming up. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find me at charlie at uh, charliepierceforgovernor.com. Uh, Edie's out there as well. Don't forget Edie. She's in the Valley. Look her up. Doing a, a, a really good job of, of shaking hands and talking with folks and really appreciate her. She's a great running mate and she's going to make a great lieutenant governor and and uh just uh if you have questions reach out to us we're we're available we'll come see you and and uh we're uh, we're moving and shaking we'll see how to get out on the 16th and uh, vote for one governor that's the thing again just a reminder that uh it is one governor that uh, one candidate that you get to choose on the 16th for governor it's just the primary and we'll worry about the ranked choice stuff after the 16th of August. But uh, we've got to get Charlie in there into that. We've got to slip him into that fourth position so that uh, so that he can then differentiate himself from the other candidates and do it. Uh, again, you got one vote on the 16th for governor. And it, uh, in my opinion, it should be Charlie Pierce. Uh, Charlie? I, I, I'd prefer the third or second position if we can make it happen hey i'd like it to be number one all the way if i could but uh we'll we'll see you know that that's the that's the the vagaries of ranked choice if somebody pulls the 51 percent in that first vote uh it uh you know it, it really looks good so i definitely would like to see charlie pierce in the number one position but i'll we'll take anything at this point to get us to the ranked choice portion of it um <clears throat> charlie thank you so much for coming on board i appreciate it testing out my new uh, technology here and and doing all that uh i appreciate you coming on board this morning and joining us thanks for having me michael we'll see you later you Take bet care. you bet folks we're up against the break we got more coming up here we're going to continue one final segment on the show this morning and we will uh we'll get things uh kind of all squared away the michael duke show continues we got more coming up Right after these messages, don't go anywhere. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. All right. Uh... That's uh, that's it. Charlie Pierce uh, still with us here for just a hot second. If he wants to be, I'll give him the final word in case he missed anything. He's uh, popping in and out there real quick. We'll see if he uh, we'll see if he wants to say anything else. Charlie, you still there? I see the black screen. Uh, any final um, any, any final thoughts, Charlie? No, thank you, Michael, for having me. I just uh, encourage people to get out and vote. All get right, out and vote. All right, Charlie. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you coming on board. Thank you. All right. Uh, Charlie Pierce uh, for uh, candidate for uh, governor. Um, all right. Uh, let's get back to where we were. Um, <clears throat> I can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, let me see. What else? Um, 
I'm just looking here to see what uh, you guys are seeing here. Uh, if there's anything up there that Terry, uh, let me see what Terry, Charlie is our, wait a second. I want to see, I want to see what Brian is talking about here. Uh, Cause Brian made a comment and I want to uh, get back to it. Uh, 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 see the, let me see the whole thread here so I can see it in context. The roads are horrible in Wasilla, says um, Terry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely uh, not good. And then Brian says uh, the population has increased much faster than the infrastructure in Wasilla, and as Anchorage spirals into a dystopian nightmare, the folks that will bail to the, the folks that can will bail to the valley, and it, it's exactly it. You couldn't get me to live in Anchorage right now. I mean, I I work in Anchorage. I drive to Anchorage three four days a week. Um, you know, that's a hundred and twenty mile round trip, which I gladly do rather than living under the thumb of the ultra progressive assembly in the Anchorage area. I mean, that place has become a just a it's the Calcutta of Alaska at this point. Uh that that just geez, yeah. Jeannie is all in for Pierce. She says, as a peninsula resident, I can honestly tell you he has more talent. And the ability to work with people than Dunleavy. We have prospered here under his administration. Despite COVID, we were open for business. And that really was one of the first bellwether moments for Charlie was to take that um, to take that stance that says, hey, everybody else is shut down. Anchorage had shut everything down. They were they were shutting down businesses. They were doing all this stuff. And Charlie was the first one to stand up and say, Alaska. We are open for business. If you want to come down here, this is where you need to come. And uh, so, yeah, Charlie really, I think uh, that was, again, the bellwether moment of him getting that attention and and getting what he needed to do. Um, Let me see. Um, uh, Oh, Charlie talking about how people just don't want to work anymore and then, then they can get away with it, although I don't know how. Bill says, no kidding, I have to work until noon on the day of my funeral. I can't even afford oil or electricity. That's where I'm at, Bill. I mean, the same way. I mean, I'm fairly successful in my life, I feel like. But at this point, I'll be working until I'm 80 just to make sure that we can stay afloat. You know, you got a lot of things going on. I don't have the benefits of a huge pension or retirement or something like that. You just got to do what you got to do for sure. Um. Anchorage, is, this is Terry's comment back to Brian when he said people were leaving Anchorage. He goes, Anchorage is like rats jumping off a sinking ship. They're invading our valley. You know, we got to welcome everybody with open arms, Terry. But at the same time, I agree. I mean, you know, uh, we don't want to bring all the things that made Anchorage horrible. We don't want to bring them here to our shores. I mean, that's the California effect, right? Everybody was like, I hate California. I got to get out of here. And then they go to you know, Seattle or, or Washington or Montana, and then they get there and they're like, oh, we should do it like we did it back home. Wait, that's why you left back home. Come on. Come on. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, listen to this baloney. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, guy that wants to hear himself. All right, we're coming back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based. No, that's not right because I pushed the wrong I pushed the wrong button, didn't I? Well, we'll just do like that. We got an extra minute now. 
Okay, so we're going to come back here in just a second. We have to vote, says Kevin. If we do not get a conservative majority elected, there is no path to remove ballot measure number two, the ranked choice voting. Yes, Kevin, I totally agree. Um, I, I, you know, I, I totally agree with that. Um, don't, Barbara says, don't make here like there. Don't make here like there. Because you left there because it isn't here. You like it there better? Go back there. That pretty much summates exactly what I was just talking about. That kind of the California effect of, uh, you know, uh, we don't need that. We don't need that here. We don't need it in the valley out of Anchorage. We don't need all that stuff. If you like to do it, that's where you go. All right. <clears throat> For reals this time, let's jump back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Man, that was a fast show, wasn't it? Here we go. Right. <clears throat> we are ready to go. One final segment uh, here of the program. One final segment ready to rock and roll. Uh, so what do we do? Well, let's turn back to the phone lines one more time and we will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start there. Let's start off with the phone calls. 907-433-3150. This hour of the program being brought to you by our friends at Satellite West. Whatever your communications need, satellite, cellular, pigeon carrier, whatever it is, they can get you hooked up over at SatelliteWest.com. Stop over there and check it out and uh, get uh, with their professional people in the communications business, SatelliteWest.com. Let's... Um, I'm going to open up the phone lines to get your thoughts on things. Uh, and we can talk about the governor's race. We can talk about any of the other things that we've chatted about here this morning. Um, let's uh, let's uh, let's break into it, though, and get your thoughts on how everything is uh, supposed to go. 907-433-3150. Um, I just had one person join on the call, so we'll talk to them first. But we do have three lines open if you would like to sound off. Now is the time to do it. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Carlene and Kodiak. Well, good morning, Carlene. How are things on the Emerald Isle? Excellent, Michael. Excellent. Um, you had a program on August 1st, and you discussed the voting for the primary, and the callers called in, and a woman that worked for the polls also called in. And uh, it was so simple. So I went in and I voted. Um, right. Uh, absentee ballot. And uh, it was really easy. Um, the only thing is, is that it then needed to be, the lady was going to put it in the mail and mail it to um, Anchorage, I think. So um, what was important to me was Ellie Shabaka and gentleman Charlie Pierce. That's what got me there. I had called the Division of Elections in April or May 
to see about if the Dominion machines were still here, and they were. Mm-hmm. And so I told them why I did not vote in the last two elections, and I was reluctant to vote in this one, except that she told me that one one person, one legislator won by one vote. So they did a recount, and the person won by one vote. They did the recount again, and the person won by one vote. So she let me know how important it is. But most of all, um, my main thing was to get there to vote for uh, Mayor Pierce and Kelly Shabaka. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, every person's vote is important. We have seen legislative votes be ruled, you know, be be decided by one. But the Lebon race, you know, with that one disputed vote at the end, put Bart Lebon in the seat versus Kathy Dodge up in Fairbanks uh, for that uh, uh, for that uh, legislative race. We've seen it time and time again where one vote can make the difference. So you're right, uh, uh, you know, just, Carlene, just don't get weary in well-doing. You've got to go out there. You've got to vote. Thank goodness it was easy for you, and I'm glad you made it through. Uh, hopefully our discussions on it made it clear, you know, made it uh, clear for you and gave you some insight onto that. I definitely appreciate you calling in. Thank you, Carlene. Sure. Okay, Hi. let's uh, go on to the next call here this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Um, The Kenai Peninsula. Okay, what's up here? What's hey, on your I mind? Just, are you there? I'm here. Are you there? Go ahead. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to say that, you know, people have signed up to get a ballot from home, and they have not received them yet. And um, so this one couple that are, don't drive, and they signed up to get one from home, they got a thing in the mail saying they needed to apply again, which they've already applied. And so, and they said they have to have it in by the 6th, you know, to get their absentee ballot by home. Right. And so I'm just really, this is really, I think they should have already had them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I don't know when they're going to mail them out, you know. Um, well, they said they, they obviously, they obviously you know? sent out a notice that said you need to apply again. So they obviously got the first application. What's what's going on? I mean, why? why what's the reason why they need to apply again, I guess, is my question. I know, and it's just, it's a little um, card, and they have all their information on there, and it's just, um, they just want me to tape the corner, and I was just like, this is so strange. It had all the information typed on there and everything, all, it didn't have their, you know, the, the things you're supposed to put on there, their date of birth, and or your last four of your social, it didn't have that on there, but they were asking those questions. And so, people that are elderly are not getting their by mail their absentee ballot that has requested it right right all right well it's but you know frustrating it, to me it is frustrating i mean the things that the division of election are doing and we're going to talk about that a little later we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the stuff down there that the division is failing at but yeah you're right if they have enough information to send somebody a card to say you need to reapply then why yeah. couldn't you just send the ballots to begin with instead of you know what's going on with that all right. Well, thank you so much for your okay, call. I, I appreciate that. I'm sorry. I've got to. I've got to go here. I got uh, another call before we run out of time. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Aaron Crick, and I'm calling from Fairbanks. Hello, Aaron. What's on your mind, and, sir? Oh, I was. I was giving advice to call in to you about. 
I'm running for Farmington North Star Borough Assembly uh-huh. against a liberal incumbent. Okay. Because um, I think it's time for a change because our borough's in trouble. Our economy's in trouble. Yeah. This is going to be a vital year for elections. Absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what, since we've only got about 60 seconds here, why don't you send me an email, me at michaeldukeshow.com, or go to my website, michaeldukeshow.com, and, and contact me there, and we'll get you scheduled for an interview for the uh, for the assembly race, okay? Okay. All right. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you, Aaron, for calling in uh, this morning, and we'll get some more information from you uh, in the future, and we'll bring you back. All right, that takes us to the, well, geez, that takes us to the end. How do, this really is the fastest two hours in radio. It really, really is. Uh, We're out of time. Sun is shining. I'm on vacation. In one minute and 30 seconds, I'm on vacation. So uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Again, don't forget, I will be gone tomorrow and Monday. The show will be on hiatus. Don't forget that. All right? I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you enjoy yourself. And, uh, you know, I just want you to be kind to one another. I want you to love one another. And I want you to live well. Live well. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Yeah, baby. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. All right. Well, thank you, my friends, for coming on board. I appreciate you guys being part of the show today and, uh, and you know, hanging out with us and all that stuff. We look forward to, uh, we look forward to seeing you when I return on Tuesday. Again, be safe and have a great weekend. Enjoy the summer that we have left. And don't forget to get ready to vote a week from Tuesday. Love one another. Be kind. Live well. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Have a great weekend.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.